Welcome to St. Joseph Radio Presents again. Today we're talking about evangelization with Deacon Tom Burke. Pleasure being with you, Peter. We're talking about evangelization, and don't, don't get scared about that. What we're really talking about is Jesus within you. If Jesus is within you, he comes out of you. And that's the extraordinary thing about, about uh, the idea of spreading Jesus around. And that's what evangelization is. I want to spread him because he's in here. So today we're going to talk about, is he in here? Can we let him in here? And how does he come out? I can't wait to hear it. Stay tuned. Welcome to the St. Joseph Radio Presents live program broadcasting to you from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. The program that for over 30 years has brought you eloquent speakers from across the globe to help explain, clarify, and evangelize the Catholic faith. Our program covers a variety of topics relating to current issues and occurrences in our daily lives. Now, with the aid of technology, we are able to bring the gospel message to the four corners of the world, where Christ himself did say, those who have ears ought to hear. It is our hope at St. Joseph Radio that through these programs, we can help evangelize the world and change one soul at a time. Now, here is your host to introduce today's guest and topic. Well, thank you, Matt, and I am your host today, Peter Karutz. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. Something we should tell them why we call it the Rome of the West, and we're here live with Deacon Tom Burke. Deacon, it is always a pleasure and a challenge to have you here. Well, you said that before we started, and somehow I, I challenge you, but what I usually do is challenge myself, and you just have to listen, <laughs> which is kind of my homilies. Yeah, no, I, I always uh, tell my daughters, they, you know, they say, well, you think you know everything. I say, I do know everything. What I don't know, I make up. But you, you, you ask questions that really make me think and ponder and, and, and reconsider, and um, it's like a... It's a, like I think for everybody here listening, it's like an hour spiritual direction. So thank you for being here. Well, yeah, don't you could. feel like that though in the in our in our community in our world? If we go into our workplace, if we go if we go into our our local community, or we go into to our bread company and sit down with somebody, we're constantly being being scraped up against us. And it, we're, we're, do, do I feel comfortable in every setting in my community? And the answer is no, because my community is so secular. I don't feel comfortable. And God has created that uncomfortability in me, that, that, this, that disconcerting. And, and I have a choice, right? I have a choice. I can either be, continue to be disconcerted and kind of walk around like Eeyore with my head down, or, or I can say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back against that uncomfortableness because I know how to make it comfortable. I'm with you. Years ago, I've decided I'm going to be who I am. I'm not going to be a schizophrenic. So I come into any area and I, I take out, I, you know, I, I, I make sure I grab my cross that I wear around my neck and I take it out. I, I was at, we got to get into this, but I was at a, um, a, a client, a good client, a law firm, uh, invited me to their client um, uh, get-together. I'm, 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 a, I'm an expert witness, so I'm not his client. I don't bring in any money. But it was very kind of him to invite me. And the managing partner came over and, and, and said hello and welcomed me. He says, come here, I need to introduce you to somebody. And he's a, he was a, he's a state rep. And he says, I want you two to meet each other because you're the two most faithful, uh, he's not Catholic, Catholics I know. And, and I thought, well, you know what? 
I like that if I walk into a business setting, that the first thing that comes to mind is they say, he's a Catholic, right? That's, that's, that takes the discomfort out. And I'll say this, because people are longing for that. They're longing for the connection, the comfortability to bringing our Lord into the room. And when you allow them to do it, your family, you become, you know, you're chitting and chatting and, and having a good time and, and Jesus in the midst. Well, how often do we think it's the other way? You know, how often, even in our families, that maybe we have some people who, that, that aren't practicing their Catholic or Christian faith, and they, and they, they say, oh, 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 well, I know we normally say prayer before meals, but it's, it's Thanksgiving, and, and you know, uh, half the family here doesn't really go to church anymore. We'll skip that. But yet Christ says, no, that, that, was every, that was every synagogue I ever went into, says Jesus. That was every home that I ever went to. I went, I went in with tax collectors, and half the people there were Pharisees and said I should get out because the tax collectors were terrible. But I changed the whole atmosphere. And isn't it great to hear from you? I love to hear what you just said, that you can come into a place and either exhibit your cross or exhibit your demeanor or refuse to talk about the things around the quote-unquote water cooler at their office, yeah, yeah. And, and, and then change the atmosphere. And so many of us believe that we don't have that power. We do. And we have that power because Christ is in us, right? Yeah, absolutely. That, yeah. That's kind of what we're going to talk about today. A- a- absolutely. One, one more thing. My, my brother is that person, that family that you talked about, and he left the faith long ago, and we've had some uh, almost relationship-ending things go on. So I'm, I, I do walk on pins and needles, but I do, when I have dinner, typically Christmas dinner at his house, I ask permission to say grace because it's in his house. And he, and he, sa- he always says yes. And uh, every chance he gets, he makes fun of faith and makes fun of me. And, and you know what? That's okay. Because what are we doing? We're talking about faith. <laughs> We're meeting him where he's at. So it's all good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all good. good. You know, it is where it, we are, where God wants us to be at that particular moment. I, I'm okay to work with, with his plan. I, I, I don't know what the plan is. I'm, I'm here working with it. Well, what I'd like to talk about is something that's, that's irrefutable. And, oh, and what I want to talk about that's irrefutable is, is, is what you just did. You shared with me a story. And I, and I bet if I ask you uh, to tell me how Christ has interacted with your life, and we just stepped into an elevator, it's 16 stories up, you got about 10 seconds of story. Can you tell me how Christ interacted with your life? I know with a few minutes reflection, you'd be able to do that. And you'd be giving me your testimony, right? That's your testimony of how God has, has touched your heart and what that means to you and how the Holy Spirit is active in your life. And if you did that, could I sit there and argue that you were a Catholic in the elevator? No, because you, I can't argue with your testimony. Your experience is so genuine, and I care about you enough to be in the same elevator with you, that I'm not going to argue with that. And if your testimony is about how Christ touched you, that is an avenue for the Holy Spirit to create that desire in me too. Well, today's program is going to be evangelization from the source within. Evangelization from the source within. And uh, I think you just got a little bit of a preview on the program. Deacon, Oh, um, we're, uh, I need to make sure I have this job for next week, and I'm already messing up. So can we start with a prayer, and would oh, you do it for us, yes, please? Yes, I'd be happy to, happy to. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, good and gracious God, the God of our breath, the God of our hearts, the God of all desires, 
we ask you now in thanksgiving for your son who's come into our hearts to expand our hearts, to create a real home for you and, the, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, that from that spot, we have, a, we have a place to go, a resource for our nourishment, a place to go for our thirst, and a place to go so we can show other people Jesus in the world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. All right, evangelization from the source within. What are we talking about? Well, of course, uh, we're talking about so many of us in the Catholic Church, and, and, and Christians generally, uh, lead, uh, lead kind of a kind of a schizophrenic life. Yeah. Uh, I was just talking to somebody recently, and, and he said, I was turned off by my Protestant faith because I got all jacked up on Sunday when I went, and it was always a good message. But then by the time I looked at my Protestant friends uh, by Wednesday, uh, they were not practicing what they talked about on Sunday. And he said, I didn't, it, it drew me away from that because it was like they put on a, uh, they put on a mask of faith that their interior life didn't reflect mm-hmm. their exterior life. And, and it struck me, and this was just actually today, uh, it, it struck me so much when he said that to say, oh, I know what that's like. I know what that's like to have one demeanor at, uh, at church and another demeanor in the stands at the Cardinal baseball game or somewhere else. I know what that's like to have one demeanor at church and another demeanor on the, on the softball diamond uh, playing with my buddies in a, in a fall softball league. I know what those things are like. I, I never really played in a fall softball league, but I know what that's like. And that's, that, that two-faced is what, is what turns so many people off who say, I would be Christian if you were Christian. Uh-huh. You know, I, I, I would be going to church with you, Deacon Burke, if you acted like you said you were. And so that's, that, that's a con- that convicts me. Uh, it convicts me. We were talking a little bit earlier about, about where you said the, 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 the person at this get-together wanted you to meet this other Christian or this other Catholic because they were both, two of the both Christian people he knew. I walked down the courthouse one time, and I'm, I'm, I'm a recently retired lawyer. I walked down the courthouse, and I was talking to this young man who was 10 years my junior, and, he, and, and I'd known him for a decade. And he, uh, uh, something came up about faith. And uh, I said, oh, I'm Catholic. And he turned to me and he said, oh, I didn't know you were Catholic. And I thought to myself, ah, wow, couldn't he tell I was Catholic? He might have heard I was in a, a lawyer's Bible study, which, by the way, is not an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah. but, but still, uh, didn't he know I was Catholic? So the, answer, the question I have to ask is, is, if people don't know you're Catholic, why don't they know? Question, and the answer yeah. is, I don't wear a badge. I, I'm, I'm wearing a cleric, of course, but but I don't wear that all the time. And so if I'm in if I'm in a local grocery store and I'm wearing a, my, a polo shirt, how do they tell whether I'm Catholic or not? And and the answer is, the good news is, I'm a, I'm a washed in a Christian society, ostensibly. So so it's not like I'm in there and and I'm and my wife's not there in a burqa. But having said that, how do they know? How, how, how does somebody know I'm Catholic? Is it by my demeanor? Well, probably not, because I walk around like everybody else. Or is it? Am I a little more joyful? Am I a little more considerate? Am I a little more, more that? And then, then, does that make me a Catholic? No, I'm just a good person. So then how do they know I'm a Catholic? So my question to you, Peter, was how would, obviously this, this lawyer at this function knew you were, you were a Catholic Christian. 
how does somebody else know? How, how do they know that, that Peter's Catholic, and how do you show that? Uh, well, if they uh, are on a Zoom session with me, there's a crucifix in the background. Uh, Fourteen years ago, um, I started in a men's group, and, the, and Tony Kester, he, he said, you know, Peter, what we ought to do is we ought to wear our crosses on the outside. And I have, uh, we all develop habits. So my habit is when I, when I, 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 I'm often grabbing my cross and pulling it to the front of my shirt. And sometimes I hold the crucifix. I feel the crucifix. And it, it has become a real, a real habit to do. So, uh, I'm, and, and then lastly, if I eat, I pray. If I'm with clients, I pray. If I'm paying for the dinner, I invite everybody to to pray, sometimes even if I'm not. So I, I think, um, as, as I heard in a homily not too long ago from uh, Bishop Barron, he said, make, make your faith part of your casual language, part of your casual demeanor. You know, it, it's, it's not something uh, coming from left field or a poor segue. It's just part of what you're doing, talking, feeling. It's it's um, it's just part of normal everyday life. Yeah, so many people might might uh, kind of uh, flinch a little bit or maybe cringe a little bit hearing what you're having to say because they go, well, you know, I then I'm going to look like a, a, a you know a holy roller or I'm going to my family's going to think I'm I'm a Jesus freak. By the way, I'm happy to say my family thinks I'm a Jesus, Jesus freak. <laughs> so so what what can I do that's just a little bit? What what can I do to just a, a little bit? What practice can I do that just a, is a little bit so I can so I can seem like I'm so I can seem like I'm evangelizing or or I can seem like I'm a Catholic Christian. And the answer is nothing. The answer is, Jesus doesn't want you to do just a little bit, okay? Uh, uh. What little bit can you do just to act like you're Catholic or act like you're Christian? What little bit can you do? Because I don't doubt that, because I know you, Peter, that, that you, you're not trying to say, oh, look at me, okay? Uh, look at me. I'm, I'm such a good Catholic. I'm wearing my crucifix outside of my shirt, or I'm, or I'm saying prayers in front of people that I have no idea whether they're receptive to this or not. You're not saying that look at me because you want them to see you, you want them to see Jesus. Absolutely. And that's the, that's the nature of this program we're talking about today. We evangelize from our interior self. And if you say, well, uh, many people would turn to me in my faith for many years was, oh, okay, I have a nice interior self. I go to Mass on, on Sundays and uh, most of the time. And then I, I pray, especially when I'm, I'm late, that all the, all the lights turn green and, or when something's terrible is happening or when I think it's going to rain and I have a golf game. Or I, you know, I, I, and I'm not trying to be, be, be too shallow about it. I, those are all things I've prayed for before. But is that really how I evangelize? Because then I look like I'm going to the vending machine. Uh, then I, and, and, and God will take me any way I want. If I keep coming to the vending machine only when I need something from God, he'll respond. God is always seeking an encounter with us, but nobody else will respond. Who else will respond to me if that's just how I live my life? So the answer is there's not one little thing you can do that's going to cause you to be that 
that that close with Jesus, it's the other way around. You get close with Jesus, and then you do things. And again, most of it is unintentional. I was on vacation in Mexico to a place I really, really like. It was just me and my wife, because we take so many trips with the family. And we had this wonderful, intimate Italian dinner in one of the private restaurants there. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, it was one of those, it, it, you need to make time to spend with your wife. You really do. Where and was this at? This is in, uh, it's at an all-inclusive um, a place uh, near Cancun, but it was kind of in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's a bureau, so, a bureau star. It's so a just Spanish so I understand, company. You went to Mexico for an Italian meal. Yes. Now I just want to make sure. So, you know, I'm I out knew. of my mind. Yeah. So anyway, the, the, the point is, so we're, but we're on a beach, right? And so we, we found this night really kind of a cool place, kind of an intimate place too on the beach. So we went there and we're, we're coming back through the jungle, little jungly area, uh, from the beach. And, um, my wife's in front of me and I'm over here because it's a very narrow path. And uh, I'm, I pass this young woman, very young, in the tiniest bikini known to man, and she stops and see, she says, I remember you. And I turn around, and my wife turns around, and I turn, and she, I said, where do we remember each other from? And she says, you and your wife made the sign of the cross before you had me, that me last night in the Italian restaurant. She says, you're making me think about my faith. Had nothing to do with what I intended to communicate to her or anybody else. I, I was having a, a really wonderful, intimate, special time with my wife, but God was there too. God will use whatever you do as long as you want to participate in it. We could have decided that we're in this public place and we're not going to make the sign of the cross. They didn't hear a word we said. All they saw is that we made the sign of the cross. All they saw is that we made the sign of the cross. But as you say, there's a lot of preamble into getting to that point, right? It isn't the little thing. It's that life that my wife and I have built together so that when we pray together in a public place, quite frankly, we don't even think about it. It's just what we do. It's just who we are. It's and, and God will use it in, in, in a thousand different ways. And, and most of the time that you do little things like that, you will never know ever that you made any difference or that God used you. Never know. That's okay. And, and that, that is okay. And, and I, think it, I think we have to start out with what the... And I forgot to say that this is St. Joseph Radio Presents coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. I'm your host, Peter Carutz, and we're here with Deacon Tom Burke. So <laughs> thank you, Peter, because I, I, I would not have seen that cue. So, but, but let's talk about this, okay? Let's not talk around it. Let's say this. Peter, I, I, I know you're a little bit, and I know that the reason why you do this is because you know that God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. I'd like to repeat that. God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. What I mean by that is that, is that he will love you no matter what you do, where you go, because as it, as it says, if we deny him, he will deny us. But if we're unfaithful, he will be faithful because he cannot deny himself. He cannot deny who he is. And who he is is a loving God, a benevolent God, a listening God, and a faithful God. And since he's faithful to us, 
we can then respond to him. And that's, that's called faith. If, 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 if we have faith in him, then our assent to who he is requires us to respond to his overture. And so what I'm getting at is this, is that, is that my life now, uh, not just because I'm a deacon, although if anyone out there is discerning becoming a deacon, they're welcome to give me a call because it's absolutely the second best thing that's ever happened to me in my life besides marrying my wife. But aside from that, it's wonderful. But even if I wasn't a deacon, once I knew that I was so completely loved and there wasn't anything I could do about it, then even in my sin, I can respond to that love. And if I respond to that love, then I realize that God loves me even more. Once I respond to his love, he pours his love into us. And so when I talk about evangelization from the source within, I'm speaking of evangelization from, from a place of compassion and love that's been placed in our hearts. All of us has it, a theological virtue of love from our baptism. But if we don't experience and continue to live in it, then it's like living those two different lives, a mask and then not authentic. I'm going to repeat what you said because you said it so well. God loves you. God loves you. And so in so many different people's lives, there are walls that are put up, uh, that we build up ourselves to keep to try and keep God out. Um, when there are people who are angry about faith or angry about goodness or angry about you or whatever it is, or just angry, they've put up a wall. And I would suggest that many, many times it's really about and you said it a moment ago, too. It's about hurt, uh, and it's about feeling unloved. Um, so, it, you know, evangelization, sometimes you, you just have to break through a little bit of that wall, and the best way to do it is to tell someone that God loves you. And for so many people, that, that's so shocking that it causes you to stop. Whatever you're doing, whatever you're saying, whatever you're thinking, whatever argument you're... Whatever you're feeling, all the hurt, all the years, to realize that God loves you, that, that breaks through. That's the first step. That's the crack. So, so if I ask you that, I said, you know, Peter, how, how, do, you, how do you know that God loves you? And so many people who, who live only, only with the idea of this world is it, they go, well, I know God doesn't love me because I haven't gotten all the promotions at work, and then I have a, 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 I've had a sick child, or or I've had uh, a parent that I lost uh, too early in their life, and and so bad things have happened to me. So I know that God does not love me, and the and the, and the answer to that is, is look at how Jesus lived. Okay, Jesus decided not to live. To, not to live his divinity, he decided to live his humanity. He decided to be poor. Why? So that the poor would come to him. He decided to be, uh, he decided to be ridiculed and dismissed so that those of us who are ridiculed and dismissed know where to go. He decided to, to submit himself to the most gruesome death a person could have so that those of us who have pain in our lives know where to go. And so that's the same thing for us. 
when I, when I evangelize, I'm doing it from a place of love. And that's the love of Christ that's been put in me. You know, that's what, that's what uh, you know, Paul said. It's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And he goes on to say, because, because he has redeemed me, because yeah. he has loved me so much. And so people say, well, I don't feel that love. I, I, just, yeah, I yeah. just don't oh, feel that right. love. Uh, and I, I don't, so, so I must not be loved. Yeah. Well, the answer is, and the answer is different for each of us, but the door is the same. The door is to open your heart to Christ. Well, I've been hurt too much. I've been hurt too much to open my life to Christ. I can't do that. I can't do that. And I think what we need to say to everybody is, is you are very special to God, and God has a plan for you. To, and to be open to it. You know, the same vacation, I, was, uh, I met my wife at the pool. Uh, she was already there. I was late. She did some pool exercise thing. I don't know. And uh, I showed up at the pool, and I, I'm not wearing my contacts on this trip. I can't see 10 feet in front of me. I'm virtually can't see a thing, all right? So I have my Cardinals hat on, and I'm in Mexico. And I, I'm, I'm sitting in a chair, kind of reading a book, and uh, this um, family looks like an adult teenager and the wife and the husband, and she sees my Cardinal hat on, and she's, she's just going crazy. How about the Cardinals, this and that? And I say, yeah, 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 you must be from St. Louis. No, we used to live there, we went away, I don't know. So the wife and the, and the teenager walk away, and the, the, the husband comes over to me, and he says, uh, you're a religious guy. I said, I said, what? He said, you're a religious guy. Uh, I don't believe in God, and there is no God. There is no, the, the, the whole idea that there's a good God is contrary. I have no idea why the Cardinal's hat brings this guy over to me. And um, eventually, by the way, it was it was a St. Louis baseball Cardinals hat, yes, and yes. not and no. not the Cardinal no. that's a Bishop of Rome. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Okay. Po- I didn't have a pointy hat or a, a or a, a I can't remember the name, a, whatever it was. But anyway, so I just talked, started talking to him from a you know Aristotelian standpoint, and why there has to be a God and the proofs of God, and 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 uh, that was worthless. And finally, he starts getting real, and he says. My 21-year-old son was killed, you know, and, and, and all the senseless things that surrounded it. And he's, you know, he's clearly heartbroken. And uh, I don't know how many years ago it was. And, and, I, and, and I listened and we talked. And I realized I, I have no words for this man. I don't know. He's been away from God and the church and hating him for 20 years. And, and the only thing I can think of, as I said, because I, 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 I had nothing to say or he had nothing to hear, I said, I said, God loves you. The one thing you can count on is that God loves you, and he has a plan for you. And, uh, and he got quiet, and he looked at me, and he turned away, and then he left. I think, I don't know what happened with this guy, but I think, as you said before, we need to tell people. They need, because they already know it. You know, it's, it's built into our DNA. God does love us. All we have to do is let him in. We just have to let him in. And God respects us enough to respect our free will. And if we keep the wall up and we keep the door shut, it stays shut. Doesn't mean he doesn't stop trying. But we got to do our part. Let's come back and talk about that door. All right. Uh, Well, uh, the music means that we're going to take a short break. 
So please, if, if you would, do your part and invite a friend to uh, tune in. We're talking about evangelization from the source within. It is our call. We're baptized. Tell a friend. Come back. Hi, this is Matt Logeman with St. Joseph Radio with a great gift idea, a St. Benedict bracelet, a trendy accessory for men, women, and children that not only looks good on everyone's wrist, but is actually armor for the spiritual battlefield. This unique bracelet is handmade in Europe and contains 10 medals within the braided cord in the adult size and seven medals in the children's size. On the front of each beautiful medal is St. Benedict holding a cross in his right hand, the object of his devotion. On the back of each medal is a cross. Surrounding the back of the medal and cross are the letters V. E-R-S-N-M-V-S-M-Q-L-I-V-B. In Latin reference, which translates, Be gone, Satan. Never tempt me with your vanities. What you offer me is evil. Drink the poison yourself. And finally, located at the top is the word Pax, which means peace. All bracelets come packaged with an informational card and the St. Benedict blessing, which your local priest can administer. This gift is for everyone you love and care about, including yourself. Available from St. Joseph Radio. Check the website at www.saintjosephradio.net. St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the pro-life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and this Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. And we're back. I'm your host, Peter Karutz. This is uh, Deacon Tom Burke. Uh, with us, and we are talking about evangelization from the source within. If you would like a copy of this talk, this program, or any other, please call us at 636-447-6000. I'll say that again more more slowly, 636-447-6000. And think about it, anything you might think that you might want to find more information about with regard to the faith, I'm telling you we got it. You know, Lou has been working on uh, evangelization since, well, since before Mother Angelica was. So we've got, we've got it. You want it, we've got it. 636-447-6000. When we, when we left, we were just talking about a door. I'd like to talk about that door. Okay. And the reason why is, is, you know, we've just talked about the fact that God loves you. But you may not, we may not always feel that. And, and the person you described at the pool in Mexico said, you know, I love my, I love my child so much, and God took this child from me. I have no place for God in my life. That's in essence what, what I he heard said. from you. That's what he said. That's and, what it was. And and so in, in in your response was was God loves you. And we talked earlier about what would we say to somebody if we only had so many seconds to say that to them. And and I think it gets back to our to our testimony about how much God loves people. We talked about the fact that God loves us and there's nothing we can do about it. But how does that really show itself? Well, it shows itself in that we pray and that we hear God's voice. We pray and we feel his presence. We pray and we come into the knowledge of God, which could be a knowing outside of facts. And so, the, so if we pray, 
then so for, for so many of us, we go, that would be good, but I don't really hear God because, because when I pray, it's like there's a door there, and I can't and I, it's like I'm talking through a door. It's, mm, it's mm-hmm. muffled. Yeah. And no, there's no doubt God's not hearing my prayers, because frankly, I'm not hearing anything from the other side of the door either. God's not, I don't hear him talking to me. But God must not be hearing my, my prayers because he's not answering all my prayers. And, and evangelization, I believe, at its core, is not so much praying to God and him answering my prayers, but having that dialogue with God. But to do that, we have to open the door. Remember, Jesus says in Revelation, I'm knocking at the door. Open the door. Let me come in and I will sup with you. Of course, that's the most intimate thing we can do, right, is, mm-hmm. is sup yeah. with Jesus, right. especially in the Eucharist. So I guess where I'm coming from is how do, how do we get to open that door? You know, with all the regret this man had by the pool and all the regrets that I carry around, all the sins that I've done him before, that I may have been absolved of him, but I still have that temporal effect on me. Uh, what do I do about that? You know, if those were all just rocks in my, in my backpack, that's <laughs> the visualization I have is that backpack is leaning up against the door and 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 all the things i've done bad does not allow me to open that door and let jesus in i either feel i'm unworthy of his love or i haven't been loved enough by him and i'm scared to open the door what do i do how do i open that door and the answer is we have to we have to ask jesus to come in sometimes it's not so much where we can look through the the peephole and see paradise if that was true everybody would do it right Jesus doesn't say that. He says, I'm knocking at the door. Open the door and let me into your heart. And it's from that space where we can evangelize, from that space where I tell you that I live the life of the redeemed because I hear his voice and he calls me to himself and I receive him deeply in the Eucharist because I know him and I've let him know me. So that's really what we're talking about here. I can evangelize because it's not so much I who's doing it, but Christ who's me who's doing it. Because I have so much compassion for someone, but it's not my compassion. It's the compassion Christ puts in my, in my heart. So where you decide to pray with a family member who may have, who may have uh, outwardly, maybe not inwardly, because you don't know their hearts, outwardly rejected the faith, but you, you go ahead and do that, and maybe you get in a conversation with them, and they know not so much by what you say, although you're a brilliant person, but by what's in your heart, where Jesus is at. Jesus is evangelizing them from your heart. That's where I'm coming from. So we have to start with the fact that God loves us. God loves us even though I'm a big, big, sinful person. I have a lot of sins. I don't agree that I'm a sinner because I'm a child of God. I sin. But I refuse to accept that moniker the evil one wants to put on me that I'm a sinner. I'd rather accept that I'm a child of God and I've loved by him no matter what I do, but that I have recourse to him constantly. Yeah. How does that resonate with you? That's, that's, uh, it, it, it rings true, you know, and, and to say what you just said a little bit differently, we shouldn't label ourselves by our sin. And so often it's, so often it's done. We are children of God. I think... Chesterton said, you only call somebody a coward because you believe they can be a hero. And I think God sees the hero in us even while we're still cowering. And so don't, don't label, we shouldn't label ourselves by our sin, but label ourselves, as you said, as a child of God uh, who, who um, 
that loves us just the way we are and knows we can be more. So if I, so if I was evangelizing with you, and, I, and I, I think I'm doing that as we speak, I'm talking to you about how much God has loved me. And I'm talking to you about the fact that God loves me even because of my sins. And not, not because I sin, but because I have come to him with my sins. Mm-hmm. And in that posture, I can accept the fact that he saved me. By his blood, he saved me. He you didn't wrote, earn it. He wrote, you know, what, what's, what's that old saying? I think I first heard it from Scott Hahn. He, he, he paid a debt he didn't owe because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. Right. He wrote the check that got rid of all the sins in my sack that was pried up against the door. Yeah. And if I turn to you and say, there's nothing you've ever done that will keep the love of Christ from entering into your heart right now, would you be willing to take a chance on that? And you might be willing to take a chance on that. Now, I'm not speaking of because I'm a theologian. I'm not speaking from a position of, of great uh, knowledge of the Bible. And I'm not really quoting a lot of Bible verses. But Jesus didn't do that either. Of course, he quoted Maccabees and some other things in the Old Testament. He came with his heart. And when he came with his heart, he healed. So I guess where I'd say after I say, I, 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 God loves you, nothing you can do about it. We're all sinful, but he took away our sins, and he continues to do that even though we're imperfect. But we can come to him with our love, and he wants to place that love in us because he died for us on the cross. If I talk to you about how he's done that in my life, that's my testimony. And I, from that place, how can you say I'm, I'm wrong? Because it's personal to me. Right. And when I give you the, my testimony about how I thought my life was just ups and downs, where every good accomplishment I made meant that there was something bad going to happen after it. I always wondered whether the other shoe was going to drop. I always wondered, well, if I did something good, then the next, then the next day after that uh, award or contract or commission check, there's another day. And I have to fight my way up the same hill over and over again. And I thought that's just how life was. But if I told you that when I I allowed Jesus Christ into my heart, when I opened that door and said, would you please come in, Jesus? And just was a please come in. I didn't have a gift basket for him. I'm not that way. All I had was a sack full of rocks that he took away. And I let him into into my heart. But when I did that, my life changed. Do I have hills to climb? Yes. Do I have valleys to, to, to fjord or whatever that, that, that people do? Yeah, I have valleys to hike through. But I do it with Jesus. And since I do it with Jesus, I always want to tell you, you're loved by me because you're loved by Jesus. I think sometimes pe- people are afraid of the answer, right? I'm afraid he won't accept me, right? I've done, like you said, I've done too much. I've, I've been too bad. There, there's a movie, which I can't remember the name of it. Maybe it's good, but th- there's this guy, and he's trying to reconcile with this, this girl, and, and he's, he's got no chance. I mean, objectively, he's, he's out. Whatever he did was too bad. I don't even remember what it was. But he, uh, he knocks on the door, and she, she, she comes to the door, and he very awkwardly says, uh, hello, because uh, th- he wasn't expected, right? And he goes through this incredible little soliloquy of of why he loves her and why he you know he's done wrong and on and on and on she 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 doesn't blink there's this long pause and she says you had me at hello and and that's what we need to realize is that 
you're not going to be rejected. God loves you right here, right now, no matter where you are, what you've done. All you got to do is, as you said, the door, open the door. You don't have a risk of being rejected. There is no risk of being rejected. The only risk is the risk you put on yourself by not going. And so, so if, if you were with somebody who, who had that, and, and, and believe me, I, I, I can sit here as a, as a Monday morning quarterback and say there are certain things somebody should have said. And there's all kinds of things that I've done in the past when I've been in a situation where I look back on it and go, you know, I, should have, I said ABC, but I really should have said XYZ. Yeah, right. But that's not, that's not evangelization. Evangelization is when I'm willing to put my heart out there because yeah. Jesus is in my heart and my compassion goes for them. And then they don't really hear the words. They only feel Jesus. So if I was, if I was with somebody in that situation and, and, and got them to at least listen long enough to say that Jesus died for them on the cross, I would want to turn to them and say, let's, let's go and let's pray with them. I, and I will tell you, that's not an easy thing to do. I mean, could you walk up to somebody and, and say, you know, I, I, uh, uh, the Lord highlighted me to you, and I, I don't know whether you're a Christian or not, but he said, he, he said I should come to you and say that you're loved by him and ask you if you would pray with me. Now, pe- some people might go, you crazy <laughs> deacon. Yeah, well. And what if, I, what if they did? What if they did, Peter? Wait a second. You're, you're kind of laughing, and it's nervous laughter like I would be too, right? What if they said, and, and, and there's so many people listening to this right now going, you crazy deacon, right? There's no way sure. I'm going to do that. But what if they turned to you and said, you know, I, I don't believe in God. I don't want to talk to you. Get out of my space. You would leave going, Wow, I didn't succeed. In fact, I pretty much, if I was skiing, I face planted into a snowdrift. Yeah. But having said that, you would say Jesus would turn to you because you have Jesus in your heart and say, thank you for planting the seed. Right. Someone else will harvest the crop. That's right. And if Jesus said that to you, would you say, well, okay, I, I don't feel so bad about it. Right. That's right. So why? Because... I didn't put it on myself. I, I trusted in the Lord who highlighted this person to me, and I trusted in the Lord that, that they would do it, not me. And so what gets in our way is that, that uh, you've probably heard me say it before, that performance mentality that somehow I have to perform. And if I perform and do just the right stuff, people will be converted to Christ. And then Christ will love me a little more, and God will love me a little, a little more. And yet I failed to think of the first thing we talked about. God loves me, and there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, there you go. So let me, um, you said it. I'm going to say it again. Some people will say to you, crazy deacon, uh, I got it. You make perfect sense. But that's not me. That's for other people, right? Other people are supposed to do this, not me. And what would my response be? Yeah. Oh, see, I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna convince them of anything. I can't turn to them. They might say, "Oh, I love your testimony, but it's good for you." And uh, but that's not not for me. But what if I then? What if I? What if you were that person, Peter? And and I turned to you and said, "You know, we we've already discussed that God loves you, but you know, I want you to feel that love. Would would you be willing if to to just spend a moment? If it's on maybe a minute." And, and, and pray with me and see if you could feel that love. Now, 
Some people would say no, in which you've planted the seed we just talked about. But other people might say, yeah. And I even heard stories of atheists who say, yeah, I got about a minute, you know, before I have to get on this bus, and I'll give you a minute since you've listened to me tell you why God is so goofy for three minutes, so wrong. Uh, and yet, by allowing the person to feel the presence of Christ in a prayer with an atheist, they started crying because it wasn't what you said. It was that you brought Jesus with them. Right. You, you evangelize from the source within you. And if you say, I'm too scared to do that, it's not my personality, I, I'd have to be outgoing, I'd have to be, be somebody I'm not, the answer is, that's not you speaking, that's the evil one speaking to you. And the evil one talks to us all the time. Mm-hmm. What, what, how, how am I going to look? Right. You know, what if I do that? That's, a, that's the old get up in front of the class and give an impromptu speech. I mean, that just scares the living daylights out of most of us. But you're not doing that. You're bringing Christ to them. And that's why uh, we, we kind of talked at the beginning. Can I come to somebody else from a position of compassion? Mm-hmm. You know, Lord, increase my heart, increase my compassion, increase my desire so that when you highlight somebody to me, I will, uh, I will go ahead and uh, uh, I'll do it. I, I, I won't be eager to do it because I'm not used to it. But here's the other thing that I think is important to talk about, and that is, do you, do you know how marvelous it is to companion Christ? Hmm. You know, the, the, the disciples companioned him for three years. We think about the fact that they were just listening to him and he was their teacher and they were all in awe of him. And that's very, very true, right? But they companioned him. They, they were standing there praying in awe as he healed Bartimaeus, the blind man. He, they, they turned to him and, and, and said, Lord, I don't know who grabbed the tassel of your cloak. And so they were able to companion with him. And I don't know whether we're coming up on a break or not. Yeah, this is St. Joseph Radio Presents coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm your host, Peter Kruitz, and we're with Deacon Tom Burke. And so I'd like to tell you about what a marvelous, a marvelous experience it is to companion. So if you're scared about praying with somebody or you're scared about asking Jesus to come into their heart, which is just a simple prayer. You, that's all you'd have to ask, right? And you're not quite sure you can do that. What you'll discover as you do that, whether, you, whether the person says, oh, hallelujah, I'm coming to church with you next week, or the person says, thank you very little. I'm going to go back to reading my book. Whatever that is, no matter what the outcome is, because it's God's outcomes, wouldn't it be great to companion Christ? Wouldn't it be great to companion Christ? Think about this. Every one of you out there, think about when you were a little kid, what was it like making cookies with grandma? You did a bad job of it. Your cookies look look terrible. They may not even have been edible. But think about how you felt doing it with grandma. Every, every one of you out there who's ever worked with your dad when he was doing uh, changing the tire on a car in the in the garage, or or doing some woodworking, or or maybe you know he helped you make a uh, make a little derby car. What was it? What was the feeling like? Well, the feeling was like a companioning. He thought so much of you that he allowed you to hand him the wrench when he was fixing the car or, or, or when he was at the lathe. Isn't that, do you remember that feeling, sure. Peter? And he didn't need your help, but he wanted you to help, to participate in it. And even if you knew he didn't need your help, 
It was something just a companion. Absolutely. Him. Isn't that great? Yeah. You're doing it together. And you take those cookies in the other room and oh, show yeah. everybody, look at the cookies we made. Absolutely. And 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 they might be looking over with a sidelong glance <laughs> to mom going, oh, yeah, yeah, I know you made those cookies. But it doesn't make any difference. Everybody rejoices because they saw you companioning with your parents. Now think about this. What would it be like, Peter, to companion with Christ? Mm-hmm. To, that's what being a disciple means, right? Yeah. I'm companioning with Christ. Yeah. How, would you, how would you, would you be willing then if you thought you were companioning with him, if you thought so bad for that person who doesn't, who doesn't have Christ in their heart and you have Christ in your heart because you've prayed for that from the Holy Spirit, wouldn't it be great yeah. to be able to do that? And would it be so hard to go talk to somebody if you asked Jesus for you to feel what it was like to companion with him? Yeah. There you go. I, I think it is. And, you know, we've been, we're, we're shifting, as, as everyone can tell. We're shifting from looking at the person who may be the atheist, who may be the person who's really against religion, who may be even attacking in some fashion the, the idea of your, your, your life, right, your faith. But their program is evangelization from the source within. So, and, and I know other people are saying, well, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm the guy to do this. Um, it's not my place. It's not my forte. But we're evangelizing from the source within. If, if, if we're going to evangelize, we have to first open up our hearts and, and realize that God will work with us and through us, but not if we don't want him. Let me suggest this. If you open your heart to being a witness for Christ, just Open your heart. You know, I've heard that prayer a thousand times. We, I've made it, you've made it. You know, Lord, tell me what you want me to do and I'll do it, right? Uh, instead of, no, that's not me, I can't do it. Open your heart and God will put in front of you what he wants you to do. Open, we need to open our hearts. God will keep that door shut if we don't open it, but we need to open it. Open that door. Oh, I love what you said about that. And, and it reminds me of uh, a quote that's I'll slightly uh, vary from St. Augustine. He said, God can do everything without us, but he can do nothing within us without us. There God can do go. everything without us, but he can do nothing within us without us. So if we first open that door right. to our hearts, let Jesus come in, then everything else we do after that, not only is in his desire, in his will, but it's also authentic. You know, we talked earlier about putting on that mask on Sunday and then, and mm-hmm. then looking like we're, we're good Catholic Christians and then by Wednesday we're, we're not. And the answer is, sure, we're fallible. But here's the other key from being within. By, ex- by, by ac- accepting our fallibleness, going to reconciliation, and receiving the Eucharist, now, now he becomes alive in me. I've created a space for God. Remember what it says in the, uh, John, I think maybe 17, where he says, obey my words and my father and I will come and make our abode in you. Yeah. Okay. So he's basically saying, we want to be in you. We will come into you. He just, he just uh, finished the last supper. Uh, he he will, co- will come in you. We will, in fact, be in you. So long as you open the door, let us in. We've said it probably t- too many times. But, but we do that because we've already let him in in the Eucharist. Right. The power of the Eucharist in you cannot be underestimated. It cannot be underestimated. Yeah. And I, I think about, you know, we're all supposed to imitate Christ. We're supposed to be like him. 
And w- w- what did he do? You know, he, he, um, he invited these uh, fishermen, these people who were not Rhodes scholars, they were not theologians, they were not rabbis, they were not, he said, what did he say? Come follow me, right? What did he do? He invited them. In, in our role, what can we do? We can be invitational. I'll, I'll tell you, most people won't do anything unless they're invited. You know, One, they don't know there's an opportunity. Two, they don't know they're welcome. And three, they don't know if this is even something that's recommended. By in being invitational, we've conquered all of those three hurdles. They're welcome. It's wonderful. And, and, and it's, 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 um, they're needed and wanted. Be invitational. Just be an, open your heart and be invitational. So if I said to you, and, and I... And, and I, I love what you're saying because if I said to you, w- instead of saying, please come down to St. Joseph's Church with me, uh, we have all these masses and I'd love to meet you there and show you around the church and, and have you experience the reverence we have for God and how God is in your heart. Before I ever said that, if I said, could I, could I just take a couple minutes to pray with you? And I, and I say a simple prayer to ask Jesus to come into your heart. Did you feel Jesus like you've never felt him before, that you haven't felt him in a long time? If that was my simple prayer, I, I didn't have a chance to say a rosary with you, which I love, sure. but I didn't get a chance to do all that. I just asked for that to happen. And you came into that silent, sacred space that we just created by my invitation to invitation. pray. Then, then what happens? Well, then Jesus does all the work. And the, and, and the person who you thought has no interest in hearing what you say, the atheist too, because God's placed a desire for him in their heart as well. The atheist then feels God for the first time. Now, if that atheist isn't going to have to be asked to church, they're going to say, where can I get more of that? And you say, well, come with me. And isn't that what you said? Jesus says, come with me. He says to Nathaniel, come with me. He says to Peter, come with me and I'll make you fishers of men. He says to Peter, come, get out of the boat. And Peter gets out of the boat. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. So think about this. We're talking about evangelization, right? Well, I'm going to change it about food because I like food. Imagine I told you that I know where you can get the best steak dinner you have ever had in your life. Not only is it good, it's great, it's hot, it's tasty, it's lean, it's exactly the way you want it. And besides that, the service is impeccable. You've never been in such an elegant place in such wonderful surroundings. And it's free. That's what we're selling here, right? Share the good news that we have found, this wonderful place of God's love in his bosom, welcoming, accepting, and forgiving. Share it. That's evangelization. So come back and join us uh, next week, same time, uh, different topic. And remember, you're baptized, you're evangelizer. been listening to St. Joseph Radio Presents from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net. Or call us, 636-447-6000. It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents.